Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and today is Saturday, February 13th, and I am here to discuss the NBA DFS slate from DFS Coach Talk. So great to have you this morning. Hope you're having a great weekend. I know we're having a super cold spell here in Dallas, and I don't think we're alone. I think a good portion of the country is under some really uh, freezing weather. Uh, So everybody stay warm, stay safe, stay off the roads as much as you can out there, and uh, just hunker down with some DFS coach talk and some NBA basketball, and uh, your weekend's going to be full. Uh, We have a very busy schedule today. We have a a solo game uh, that's a showdown game uh, in the afternoon at 3 o'clock. That's uh, Philadelphia and Phoenix. And then our main slate tonight is just a tidy little four-game slate uh, that has a lot of guys in and out and a lot of stuff to discuss there to make sure we we definitely uh, get the best lineup in there that we possibly can. So... Uh, interesting slate. Uh, yesterday was uh, we had some some great results early, some average results late, but uh, hung in there. Got into the cash in our cash games, and just hung on by a whisker in some of our uh, GPP contests and single entries. So it was good good day, good bankroll build, and uh, you know that's how you got to do it in this. You know it's a it is definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And if you want to make solid money in DFS uh, on a consistent basis, uh, you know you have to have a plan. You have to execute that plan, and you have to be consistent with it. So uh, it takes discipline, just like anything else, and focus. Um, we'd love for you to join us here at Coach Talk. Uh, just go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for as little as three days or as much as a year. Um, Also have a great uh, opportunity through betus.com.pa, our uh, sponsor and our partner. Uh, What they're offering is if you go to betus.com.pa, sign up for the first time with a $199 deposit. Um, You just shoot us a tweet that that you did that, or you can email us at dfscoachtalk.com at gmail. Um, and, or it's just dfscoachtalk at gmail.com. And, uh, then we'll, we'll put you in there for a three month free membership. So you get 90 days free. You get to play your 199 on BetUS. It's a great, great opportunity. Uh, and that gets you through a, a bunch of this basketball season and the start of baseball. So please join in, in that. And then the last thing I'll get out of the way, and then I'm going to focus on all games is if you're watching this on YouTube, we really, really appreciate if you just take a second, uh, give a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. That's super important uh, for us to get in the right algorithm with YouTube to get our podcast out there in front of more people. And hit the little alert button in the upper corner there. Uh, That little alarm there will give you an alert every time one of our podcast posts. And as you know, if you're our big NBA fans that we do seven day a week NBA podcasts in front of the paywall where we're going to share all the information uh, that we possibly can to help you get into that lineup. Uh, The the big reason 
uh, we feel you should join is uh, it's the, the thing is there's so much news that changes constantly between injuries um, and COVID protocols. You've got a lot of guys scratched or sitting at the last minute that we do the work for you here at Coach Talk. We're on this 24-7. There's news that breaks. It posts in our Discord. We're immediately evaluating, shifting lineups, uh, you know, doing any changes, swaps if we need to, and we're riding that right through the night. So, you know, the days of DFS just uh, plopping a schedule in there mid-afternoon and going about your business uh, are over because if you do that, uh, you're going to lose most of the time. You've uh, you've got to follow through on it, uh, and we we want to do that work for you. So um, definitely tune in. All right, let's go with the showdown slate. Uh, we're excited about this game because it's also that contest they're having on FanDuel, which is a 10-day contest uh, to promote their new showdown slates. Uh, the early game happens to be the game today. Um, it is a 3 p.m. game. It's Philadelphia at Phoenix. Phoenix is on the first night of a back-to-back, uh, and this is an island game for Philly. Um, right now, uh, like Philly's a one-point favorite, and it's a 226 total. Um, defensive efficiency, this is the concern in this game. Philly's fourth, you know, uh, anchored by that terrific defense by Joel Embiid. And Phoenix is seventh. They've consistently been in that top 10 and doing a fine job defensively throughout the season. Um, Pace-wise, it's very good for Philly. They're all the way up to fifth. So they've really increased the pace of play. I think that's part of what Doc wants to do now that they have some of their guys back and have a little depth again is to push that ball and increase the possessions, which is – Great news for guys, uh, you know, like Joel and Tobias Harris uh, and and also uh, Ben Simmons. Um, as far as pace for Phoenix, that's the concern, though. They're the second slowest team in the league. And, you know, when they have their full group out there, um, you know, they definitely work the ball, get a good shot. They're very disciplined, so you're not going to get super high pace game, but 226 is not a bad number. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting day. We have a couple of super low and then a few medium and one super high. So we'll be evaluating this. This is one of those that are in the middle. The two that are in the middle are, uh, at, you know, hap- and this happens to be one of them. Um, I also threw in, like I do on the weekends uh, when I'm doing these podcasts alone, I like to add in the defensive real plus minus. That is an important statistic that evaluates each individual defensively against their position for a a minimum of 100 possessions. So you're getting a good feel uh, for how they defend uh, their position. Now, some of that, you know, is mixed with defensive efficiency because I understand, you know, there is some portion of a a defender that's on a good defensive team that can be ranked better and vice versa. But, you know, the stats don't lie. I mean, I want to know, you know, if if my guy's guarding your guy, I want to know how often my guy gets burned or is he he a solid defender? 
Is that going to limit possessions for the other guy by his denial of the ball? Is he a rim protector, you know, et cetera? And all of that's taken into effect in this defensive real plus minus. Now, I pulled a little smaller sample size because I wanted to really get the very best and the very worst. So I went down to the top 7% and bottom 7%. So if they're on this list, these aren't fringe guys. These are guys that are really defending well or really defending poorly. And I think that has an effect on each game. All right. Um, on the In the Philly game, um, the only guy out, it looks like at this point, I've got a, a small list of guys that are out, and I'll mention them av- as we go over these games. Um, but there's going to be a lot more news. This is uh, fairly early in the morning on Saturday. The, you know, the lines are out. We're in, in good shape to, to get this information to you. But there will be a lot more news that breaks. And I didn't include all the questionables because there's a ton of them. I just have the guys that are definitely out thus far uh, so that we can evaluate accordingly. Uh, Shake Milton is out this game for Philly. So that's uh, the only person that's going to affect this game for, as far as uh, any usage for those guards for Philly off the bench. Um, top 7% defensive against their position, Joel Embiid, who you know I'm always touting for defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, Philly's fourth because of him, and he is very solid. Um, so he's in there. And then uh, for the Phoenix side, we've got uh, Jay Crowder, who's been hurt a lot, but he's still defending well. And a surprise guy that just squeaked in there is Cam Johnson for Phoenix. So he hasn't been shooting the ball that well. He's been very erratic for DFS purposes, but he's cheap. Uh, and now we know why, even though he's not shooting well, he's getting a lot more uh, burn because he's defending very well. So that is something uh, certainly uh, to keep in mind. Um, as far as the negative side of things, I thought this was extremely interesting. Uh, I, I'm shocked by this because I know he's a terrific defender. I've seen him as a great on the ball defender, but Ben Simmons is in the lower 7%. So I'm not sure if they're attacking him or it's because he's guarding the other best player and they're they're doing well or he was injured and, and didn't defend as well as he normally does, but he's not getting it done. And there's a lot of people that fade pe- uh, players that are going against Ben Simmons. So, you know, again, stats don't lie, and, and uh, he has been getting smoked. Uh, so we need to keep an eye on that, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll open up some value uh, for uh, whoever's playing against them, whether it be Chris Paul or, uh, you know, one of those guys. Um, speaking of that, Chris Paul was one spot away from this. So I want to make a mention for him as far as best defenders. He was just at the bottom level of that, but it deserves a mention because, you know, he is really good defender. Uh, you know, whether he's guarding Ben Simmons or not, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, Paul's definitely still, even at his age, this, you know, slightly into this top 7% uh, defenders. Uh, the only guy for Phoenix that's on the negative side is Etwan Moore. He's been grabbing a few minutes here and there because uh, he can score, but he is not a good defender. So the question is with this game, you know, 
where do we go? How does the, you know, as far as a showdown slate, you know, it gets a little bit more difficult. You have to evaluate it extremely difficult or different than you would uh, a multi-game slate. And as everybody knows, um, you know, there it's one possession can make a difference here. You know, one last shot, one three-point attempt, one steal, any of those things can shift, uh, you know, the results immediately and, and stack everybody up. So, you know, my recommendation here is don't just put the fifth guy in your lineup because he fits. Make sure that it's somebody that you trust and that you think is going to uh, do very well. Um, because if you take a different approach, then, uh, you know, you're, you're going to end up in the middle of the pack. Um, with If Chris Paul does play, um, you know, I have a little bit of interest in him because if he plays, it's not like they're going to just play him 15, 20 minutes. I mean, if he plays, he's going to play and probably get 30 minutes. So he's within consideration. Uh, you know, his price is, is okay. Um, I'm not going to go with Book if Paul's back. Booker's plays much better. His assist ratio jumps way up, and he really is uh, a stronger DFS player when Paul does not play. Um, as far as the wings go, you know, you can take a, a small look at Mikhail Bridges. He's been fairly consistent uh, for the Suns, but, you know, the question is, uh, you know, he's going against Danny Green probably a good portion of the time. Uh, or Green actually will probably start on Booker, and I would assume they'll try to play Seth Curry on Bridges, which may give Bridges uh, some opportunity. Now, you know, we need to see the, the matchup. I'll try to get some coach speak before that game because I'm interested to see. Uh, you know, I really respect Green's defense. Curry's I do not. So... You know, we're going to have to look at those matchups to tweak whether we want to go Bridges or, for some reason, Booker if they do make that change uh, defensively. Um, Joel Embiid, you know, what can you say? Joel Embiid is phenomenal. He's in that conversation for MVP. I know he's extremely costly, but I don't know how you take down a showdown slate without Joel Embiid either in your captain spot or the number one or two spot in, you know, in your, uh, in your lineup. I think it's just an absolute necessity. I'm fading eight on the other side of the ball because Joel's uh, prowess. Um, Frank Kaminsky's been getting a lot of run and he's cheap. If you have the courage to go there, uh, that, that can be somebody that makes the lineup work and does, does okay. Um, Tobias Harris Obviously, a, a second or third guy, you know, to Embiid along with Simmons. So it's hard to find a lot of uh, value here, you know, with Curry back. You know, you could go there. Um, you know, a Danny Green's going to get a decent amount of minutes with uh, the need for him to defend. Kaminsky's your other value spot. I do want to pay up for Joel Embiid and... Uh, possibly Chris Paul, because I think his ownership will be low. Um, but I want to make sure there's no minutes restriction of any kind. Um, you know, and then, you know, it's going to be a matter of 
probably playing uh, somebody off the bench as well, uh, you know, like a Tyrese Maxey with Milton being out or, uh, you know, somebody of that nature that's going to come in uh, and affect the game. And there's not a lot of them here. So, you know, you've really got to, you know, pick your spots. I think a lot of people will play the same uh, value. So hopefully that gives you a little feel. Uh, I'm going to watch that closely prior to see what the, the coach speak is and, and what we need to do uh, to, to get that going. All right, head first into the main slate. We have an extra half an hour tonight. It's 7.30 Eastern, which is seems like a, a great thing when we get that extra 30 minutes. There's always more news. You can get settled in. It always seems to work so much better. Um, all right, Indiana is minus two at Atlanta. Atlanta's on a second night of a back-to-back, um, and they're not playing good basketball right now. They're 11 and 14, um, just not uh, not stepping up, not playing well. They got hammered, and they have to come back now, right back with Indiana. Um, defensive efficiency: Indiana's 12th. Atlanta's down to 13th. They were in the top 10 for quite a while. So middle of the road on defense and middle of the road on pace. They're 15th and 16th. So you've got just really statistically uh, looking at it that way, there's not a whole lot of uh, effect there. Uh, This is the other medium game, like I said, at 226 and a half. It's similar to that early game. So with this main slate, I'll just tell you right now, we've got Houston and the Knicks at 209 and a half, which is super low. And then we have... Miami, Utah at 218. This game is the second highest on the four-game main slate at 226 and a half. And then the game that everybody and their brother and mother and sister are going to stack, Brooklyn and Golden State is just a little 244 and a half. That's all. So uh, we'll we'll get to that game uh, for sure. As far as DRPM, uh, as the uh, Indiana side, it's uh, Miles Turner. He leads the league in blocks. He's a rim protector. He does a great job uh, around the basket. Um, Brogdon has slipped out of that top 7%, but he definitely can defend. And then for uh, Atlanta, the two bigs, uh, both Capella and Collins, are in that top 7%, 5%, I should say. I went down to 5% today. Um which is impressive. So the interior defense, interesting. You know, does that lead you to fade Sabonis, who's been very popular and very effective? Um, let's, you know, we'll talk about that. As far as on the bottom 5% side, you have Aaron Holiday for Indiana, who's getting, you know, spare run. He did hit a few shots the last game, but not consistent enough to roster DFS-wise, at least in my book. And then uh, one of the three worst defensive point guards in the NBA is Trey Young, uh, which you know definitely makes Brogdon uh, more in play if that's the direction uh, they're going to go there. If Young uh, you know tries to guard Herder, same scenario. So I think that brings all of that into play. As far as who I like from this game, um, you know, I'd like to start with Brogdon against that defense with a decent total. Um, He hasn't had the ceiling games that I was expecting him to have in the last couple of weeks. But this is a good situation for him. 
you know, the pace is average, so he should be able to get it done. Uh, they're they're coming off uh, first. The first game was just a nightmare game two nights ago against the or three nights ago against the Knicks, uh, where they just couldn't score. They pulled it back together last night, but you know we'll see how it goes. Or two nights ago, I apologize. So you know they get Atlanta maybe a little bit tired. Uh, you know they have some of their bench guys that are not playing still and Hunter and. Uh, and Bogdanovich and, and Dunn and those guys that are inactive. But they may get Rondo back. He's a game-time decision, uh, which would help that backcourt depth. But, uh, you know, I want to start on the Indiana side with Brogdon. Um, I think Indiana also has had some outstanding um, value plays. Uh, Justin Holiday, he's getting a boatload of minutes consistently every game. He's in there, uh, you know, 30-plus minutes uh, a lot of times, and his value is great. Doug McDermott also uh, can be a good value play. There's more risk-reward. He's a much better GPP play, you know, a little bit lower uh, floor, but he can uh, pop a, a decent ceiling. So that, And then Jeremy Lamb, same thing. Uh, he didn't start the last game. But he still got really good minutes, and he is a good points per minute guy when he gets a, a nice run. Um, I'm not going to go with Sabonis or Turner. I'm going to fade the, the bigs there with more of the stout front line of Atlanta uh, with, with Capella and Collins. So I'm going to pass there. I think it'll just be Brogdon and another uh, one of the value guys uh, from the Indiana side. For Atlanta, um, I'm not going to go Trey Young because of the price. I respect Brogdon's defense. Um, you know, I think that trying to get to the rim, Miles Turner, obviously leading the league in blocks, will be there as a back uh, backstop for you know anytime Young uh, does beat Brogdon off the dribble. So I think it'll be enough to at least keep him uh, right below the 5x number he needs to get to to pay value. Uh, Kevin Herter's been playing big minutes. Um, his role's changed a little bit since Hunter has been out. And Reddish has played, but just not played really well. So a lot of the, uh, you know, second fiddle in the guard to small forward spot for Atlanta has fallen into Herter's lap. Uh, again, there's a variance in his results. But he has been steady since he's garnered extra minutes uh, with Hunter out. Um, Reddish wouldn't recommend. Now you've got Collins and Capella, and there's some, in, you know, there's some interest there. Um, you know, this is a good matchup for both sides, Indiana and Atlanta, as far as their bigs. I think that, uh, you know, Clint Capella, I have not rostered in quite some time. His price is sort of leveled out a little bit. But even though Turner's a good shot blocker and he's in that top 5%, he's not always the best on-ball defender. So if they can get the ball to Capello or he gets on the offensive glass, I think he can do some damage here. I'm going to at least consider him. Uh, Collins has been on fire. So you've got, you know, he's a worry as well. Um, I think Sabonis can give them some a body up, same thing, vice versa. So I don't think I'm going to go up in cost for, for Collins or Sabonis on the other side here and just uh, I want to have enough 
stackability for that monster game that's coming up. All right, game three. We have the Houston Rockets at 11 and 14 at the New York Knicks, 12 and 15. Houston's a one and a half point favorite. Knicks coming off uh, a back-to-back here tonight. They played last night, played well. Um, but here's, here's the issue. They are the second Houston and fifth Knicks rated defensive efficient team in the league. So you're talking two top fives. You're also talking about the fact that the Knicks are the slowest and they drag everybody down in, in speed because they're controlling the half court. They're setting it up and they're running what they want to in that half court set generally to Randall. If they cheat on him, it's a lob. Uh, Mitch Robb is going to be out uh, with a broken hand. So Nerland's Noel will be the recipient, recipient of some of those lobs as well as Taj Gibson probably off the bench. Um, Houston is the fourth in pace, but you know I don't know how much that gets affected. Certainly a pace down for them, which makes their players not quite as uh, you know uh, really sensible to play in a, in a situation like this. So um, let's look at those five percent top and bottom. Nawaba for Houston is in there, so that's why he is. Barely stayed in the rotation. I wouldn't play him in DFS, but, you know, his usage is horrific. He just gets in there to play D. Um, Incredible on the Knicks side. You know, what a job they've done there. And the reason they're fifth is Noel, Bullock, Randall, Gibson, and Barrett. All those guys, you're talking five guys in the top 5% in DRPM. So very impressive there. Uh, fifth-ranked defense. Houston's second-ranked defense, you talk about a Team D, you know, only Nawaba on that top list, but, you know, they're just incredible with with what they can get done. And here's the amazing part uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. They have some key players that are in the bottom 5%, and they get minutes. You know, the bottom line is this. Collins... uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, Oladipo is playing fantastic defense for them. Deshaun Tate, fantastic defense. Uh, P.J. Tucker's played really solid defense. And so, and when Christian Wood was in there, he was dominating the paint. So that's what's helped build that up. But they have Cousins, House, and Gordon, three rotational players in the bottom 5% defensively. I've got to think that Houston number is going to go down. I think it's an aberration. Also, Mason Jones, who's out of the rotation now, they're back at point cards. They have four. Knicks have nobody in the bottom five. So, um, you know, how tired are the Knicks going to be? That's a good question. You know, uh, Houston's not playing the best ball. Uh, They don't have Victor Oladipo today. He's out. And, uh, you know, he's their best player, in my opinion. So that will give an increase to Wall and Gordon for sure. Um, You know, so you got to look at all of those aspects. Uh, Right now, um, I'm really liking a couple of guys here that are very, I'm very interested in, even though, uh, you know, the problem is with this game is that, 
that low, low number of two, nine and a half. I mean, one off here is plenty of coverage for me. Very, very worst scenario for me here is I would have two guys from this game, but they would be cherry-picked, and I'll tell you who they are. One is John Wall. Uh, just because uh, he's listed as probable, he should get 30 minutes like he's been getting, and I think he can be fairly effective uh, in this game. I think that uh, the Knicks are rotating so many guys at point, and Rose is getting some burn with them. Uh, if he plays, I don't know if he'll play on a back-to-back, but if he plays or quickly, uh, they're getting Peyton in there a little bit. All of those guys, they're not great defensively by any stretch. Uh, probably Peyton playing a little bit better there than the rest. Um, and so I like, I think Wall can wheel and deal here, keep them in the game. He's going to get a big monster bump in usage, like I said, with Oladipo being out. And, you know, these main guys that control the ball for Houston, they're they're also getting an uptick because, uh, you know, Wood's been out for so long. So that's that's a consistent uptick for them. Um, but that's the only place I'd go there. On the Knicks side, I think he's going to be wildly, wildly popular. But Nerland's Noel, man, his price is cheap. He's been fantastic as a backup. For Mitch Robb, when he's in there, he's getting double doubles. You know, I, I think that he gets 28 to 30 minutes. It's not like he's going to be in there grinding 38 minutes. It's just his style and the way they use him in spurts. He's very energetic and gets it done. But I think he gets 25 to 28. I think the rest of those center minutes will be split between Randall moving down to the center spot and then Taj Gibson. Uh, coming off the bench as the backup center here. I wouldn't play Taj by any stretch, but I think Nerlens might be tough to fade, especially if if not a whole lot of other value opens up. All right, that's it for me on this game. I don't want to go any deeper. I, I think you're going to have so many less possessions, so many less DFS points that it's going to just be uh, too darn risky. All right, the last game on the slate. It is a four game main slate. So it is Miami and Utah. It's a nine o'clock game. It's an hour later than the rest. So we got a good late night hammer game. Um, You have the Utah jazz who beat everybody. They're like 15 and one, I think in their last 16 games. Amazing. Um, They are a five and a half point favorite at home against Miami and the over unders only two eighteen. So, not a real high over-under, and the reason being these teams play some D. Um, I mentioned, I think on last week's podcast on the weekend, that Miami had moved from 21st all the way up to, I believe, 14th or 12th. And I thought, you know, look at how fast they're moving now that they have Butler back. He's the key to their defense. Bam, and all the guys that were out with pro, uh, COVID protocol and injuries, you know, they were in the 20s for a while. Then they moved up last week. I said, they're going to hit this top 10 before you know it. Well, guess what? Miami is eighth team defense of efficiency. Unbelievable that they're that high that quick. So, you know, Utah we know is third overall that have just been absolutely uh out of this world defensively and just all the way around. So th- that defense is a monster concern here. 
And then to add insult to injury, they're the 23rd and 24th pace teams in the league. So not a ton of shots, good defense. The over-under is not great. Utah is on the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe a little bit of letdown. Uh, I'm not sure. But this can't be a target game. I think it's way too risky for that. Um, you know, I'm only going to go same thing here. One one or two guys uh, max uh, in this game. Um, and then we do have a fourth game. I'm sorry. This this is the third game that, I, that I'm going through. Uh, but, you know, this the, the one-off here that I, I'm going to look at right off the bat well, let me tell you the, the, the DRPM first. Miami has Iguodala, uh, Robinson, believe it or not, Duncan Robinson, and Jimmy Butler. So they have three stud defenders. Iguodala is still in the rotation a little bit. The other two play big minutes. Um, but here's what's really impressive for Utah. Three starters, monster minutes, Gobert, Conley, and O'Neal. Three of the best defenders in the league statistically as well. So, man, you got three top 5% defenders in your lineup, and you're playing uh, great team defense on top of that. Uh, tough to stop. The only guy from either team that's in the bottom 5% is my man Jordan Clarkson. And I love Jordan Clarkson. I mention him all the time. I play him a lot. They just – DFS refuses to, to price him out of the fours. He's generally like – uh, you know, 42, 45, 47, uh, and he's 47 again today on FanDuel. So he gets big minutes, um, especially if Conley's out. He becomes a must-play for me because he is value. If Conley plays, and it hasn't been uh, decided yet, uh, then that makes Clarkson not quite as much of a target for me. Um in fact, if Conley plays without restriction, then, you know, Conley becomes uh, a possible play. But, uh, you know, I, I respect the defenses here. I think this will be a great game, but I'm not going to focus much on this game uh, and need the, the Conley news. Okay, I skipped the, the game. It's 8 o'clock rather than not 9 o'clock. I, I was meaning to do that on purpose because I want this game to be what we finish on, because this is going to be the game that wins or loses the slate for everybody, is picking the right guys, which is tough. I mean, everybody's going to stack this game, and rightfully so. You know, you've got a four-game main slate. You've got one game that's going to have an immense more DFS points available, so you got to focus on it. Uh, it is Brooklyn minus 4.5 at Golden State. And that 244.5 number, which is incredible. Um, one of the biggest, if not the biggest of the year. Defensive efficiency, Brooklyn is 26th. Golden State is 6th uh, somehow. They've stuck in there with teams and just been very gritty, a lot of hustle. And they've done it shorthanded at the bigs now for about the last week. So that's not bad, but... Nobody really holds down Brooklyn, especially when they have the, you know, the entire squad in there. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is out. So they got the, the, the three main guys, Durant, um, Harden, and Irving all playing. But uh, with DeAndre out, that'll shuffle a little things with uh, a couple things with the big men. Um, but, you know, I, that doesn't deter me at all. The nice thing here as well, pace Brooklyn seventh. 
but yet it's a, a pace up game for them, just what they need. Golden State is second. So you've got big pace here with a bunch of stars. As far as uh, defensive, uh, real plus minus, the only guys that are in the top, Brooklyn, Joe Harris has been playing really good defense, which is very surprising uh, that he's in that group. Um, and Toscano Anderson and Wiggins, which, again, I mentioned it last week, he was in there. He remains in there. So those two are Ding it up for Golden State. On the negative side, this is another reason why this is a stackable game. You have James Harden and Kyrie Irving, two of the worst 3% of defenders in the entire league. And, you know, their usage, they're on the court a ton. And that's a big reason why these games have just skyrocketed on the over-unders. Um, and then uh, you might know this guy for Golden State, Steph Curry. He's also in the bottom 5%. And he has the ball in his hands and has been phenomenal offensively. So you got all the, the ingredients here for just, you know, a 135-130 kind of game, similar to what we saw uh, you know, last night in that that crazy Dallas game where Dallas uh, and Atlanta went bonkers. So this could be that type of a game um, and, you know, probably going to have a good four, maybe even five guys from this game. I'd love to go 2v2, may go 2v3 if, if, uh, if possible. Uh, the guys that I have the circle around right now in this game, um, I like Wiggins. I think he's gone under the radar. His price is fair enough. It's six eight on FanDuel, which the fact that he's sub seven with his ceiling game potential, I think is is really uh, a good sign. Same thing with uh, Kelly Oubre. If he's in a run and gun game like this where he can finish at the rim, super underrated dunker. This this dude left handed just smashes it. Uh, I think Oubre is a nice play here. Uh, my favorite play in this game is Kevin Durant. He's rested. They never he the, the words ramp up make no it's not in his vocabulary. He either plays or he doesn't play. And when he plays, he plays 30 some minutes and he crushes. And I just think this is a great matchup. I don't know who's gonna guard him. That's gonna be very difficult for them. And I think he's the one of the three big guys from uh, Brooklyn that shine, and he's going to be the one that I uh, gravitate towards. The other guy that I don't think I'm going to be able to fade here, I've been playing him even with DeAndre Jordan playing, and that's Jeff Green. Um, yes, he can be volatile. I know he's probably more of a GPP play, but in this situation with, uh, with Mr. Jordan sitting, I really think you've got to consider Jeff Green because he, he's been starting at the four. He plays really good minutes. They will go small and play him at the five a lot. And with DeAndre Jordan, they very well may do that. You know, when they have Durant in there, Green has been a ton more effective. Uh, when he's out, Green suffers. So the biggest jump in usage for green is with Durant on the floor. So whether it's chemistry or Durant's pulling their best big defender uh, or volatile defender to him rather than green getting that, um, you know, that's, that is what I would see would be the purpose. But 
you'll notice when they're in there together, Green will get a lot of corner uh, threes. He'll have a lot of cuts, lobs from uh, Durant. And I think that uh, for his price, which is 4500 on FanDuel, very hard to pass up uh, in a situation uh, with uh, no Jordan. So, uh, you know, uh, on the other side of the ball, Golden State-wise, you know, being able to afford to buy up to Curry's not really uh, going to be end up being an option for me uh, because I'm I'm going with Durant, but you know I I do think uh, you know you can go to to some of the the second and third options like I said with with Wiggins and Ubre, even Toscano Anderson I think is in play here. He's played well. They're going to need him. Uh, to defend in this game and rebound. Um, and I think he he is certainly in play. So it's going to be filling up with some value mid-level guys on Golden State and then pushing, uh, you know, the bigger but- buttons on Brooklyn and coming out of this game with four or five guys. So that is the word. Um, that's most of the information that you need to at least build uh, your afternoon lineup and uh, and get that off and rolling. And then tonight's four-game slate, very strategic tonight, very interesting uh, on how that's going to pan out. So hopefully this helped everybody. You can get a good lineup together and, uh, and go after it. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we have a, a one-game early slate and then a big Sunday night slate for a change, seven games. So... That's going to be a a great card to go over as well. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that like button right now. Hit that thumbs up. Please hit the subscribe button. We need you. And then click the alarm up in the corner there so it gives you an alert anytime uh, our uh, podcast posts. You can check us out on Twitter, at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Our other pros, Andrew's at Language Olympic, and Shane is at DET Sports Shane. So that is it, my friends. Uh, Just excited for this card, excited for the momentum. Uh, Shout out. We've got now uh, four different countries uh, represented. We, We have some folks from Canada. We have some from Australia. And we had our first member from France uh, join us uh, this uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. So, you know, shout out to France. We, we've got another uh, another wonderful country that we're looking forward to uh, working with and building lineups. They don't have DraftKings or FanDuel there, but they do have a competition where they, they have it where it's you roster five guys. So let's go. You know, DFS is spreading worldwide fast. It's extremely popular. Uh, we feel we have the best process here, and I'll end on that is, you know, I won't. I know on the weekends I have a tendency to jump on the soapbox box with this, but our process is so solid. We'd love to have you come in. I'd love to meet with you one-on-one on here and walk through it, but it really consists of bankroll management and contest selection prior to even breaking these games down, and then Once you have that down and you see our process of how we break the games down, we hand build every lineup. We don't just dump everything into an optimizer. 
We do use a tons of statistical analysis. Uh, we look at multiple variables uh, in putting together our strongest lineups, but we are grinding and hand building, spending good four or five hours at least in preparation for the podcast. And then after that, several more hours watching the news, rotating people and getting it done. So I hope you guys enjoyed this today and gals. Um, we look forward to it again tomorrow and really for the whole team at DFS Coach Talk, which do a phenomenal job. All the guys behind the scenes, Tyler Pitzer, Joe Stanton, uh, Brett Trimble, Dawson Sarvati, uh, and uh, who am I forgetting? I always forget somebody every time I do this. But uh, obviously our pros, Shane Caldwell and Andrew Hansen, uh, we really appreciate those guys as well. And uh, we're just all working hard at it. We're trying to bring the best product to you. If you have any comments, you know, shoot us something on YouTube or feel free to send us uh, a DM on Twi Twitter as well. All right. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. And we'll look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it in DFS.